Hey, one play at a time, huh? Play for each other, love y'all. Hey, enjoy it today. Control the emotion, it's gonna be live. But we gonna make it even live. Here you go. Win on three, one, two, three. Win. Baby, need some shoes. Let's go, boys. Game now. Game. Thank you. We got one goal, let's win. You shoot, I shoot with you. Here we go. Win on three, one, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Across the Bills, episode 8, as we are on the way to double digits, and granted, there's not a whole lot of talk of Buffalo Bills stuff, but the Buffalo Bills still find things for us to talk about, because Josh Allen has decided to prove that he's the Buffalo Bills GOAT quarterback of the future because that man decided to have a Zoom press conference with a bunch of people from sports media and there were a lot of things taken away from this press conference and basically the first thing that was taken away was Josh Allen listening and learning to people that have done it before and we all know Josh Allen's 24 years old. He's young. He's a raw talent when he got drafted. But it seems that he's starting to smarten up to things and be able to take criticism and advice and even having information given to him based on everything that's going on. Um, Of course, we all know what's going on around the country with Black Lives Matter and the protests and whatnot. And Josh Allen has talked about that. And he said he realizes he never can fully understand the struggles and anxieties of African Americans. He's like, I can't put myself in the shoes of being a black person in America with regards to the social injustices that's been going on. He did state that while he was growing up out in California, he didn't really have a lot of white friends. He, He was friends with a lot of people that were of minorities, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, and that. He didn't really have a lot of white friends. But he's still at the end of the day talking about how he can never put himself in that situation because he's never been in that situation. But then he also talked about his um, conversation with Jake Fromm about and the Jake Fromm incident, which that was that was just crazy as it is, because not to get off topic, sidebar kind of Jake Fromm making statements a year ago in text messages and everything to some girl. And then the girl decides, Hey, look what's going on in the world. Let me release these. And then of course, what made the situation worse in my opinion is the second released, the second text messages released that seemed like it was a sister or a cousin or some kind of female relative to Josh Allen or to Jake Fromm going, hey, you shouldn't have done that. Why did you do this? I think that's what brought even more attention onto that. Um, But Josh Allen did say he talked to Jake Fromm and go, you know what? You got a lot. You got your apologetic you're you know what you know what you did is wrong but you have a long way to go to get to earn back the trust of your teammates especially one Tredavious White because I'm I'm sure you saw that what Tredavious White did him him retweeting liking, liking and retweeting, retweeting the, yeah. the, re, the statements from uh soon to be sa- soon to be former safety of the Jets potentially Jamal Adams also on a side on a sidebar, I'm ho- I'm hoping that maybe the Jets decide they don't want Jamal Adams, and the Bills decide to pull a Bills from like the years ago, and they they trade for a player from an the team that they're playing for Week One, the a la the Lawyer Malloy New England Patriots situation. Well, Adams is a 
Adams used to play with Tredavious White at LSU, so it'd be a nice little reunion for them, right? Oh, it absolutely would. But I also, but with the safety combination that we have with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, I, I'm just, I'm looking at the, the hypothetical fantasy situation of it because imagine Jamal Adams, Jordan Poyer back there and Micah Hyde taking, like playing that nickel linebacker spot type deal. Like that, that, that's, and I'm just going, would Tredavious White, oh, I'm like, that would be beautiful. Not that it's ever going to happen. Not that the Jets would trade Jamal Adams to the Bills, but yeah, one a man a man can a man can dream. Now, of course, with Josh Allen talking about his his aspects with the whole situation going on, what was your take from that? Um, I think it was well said. Um, the, with given the current climate and environment that we're in right now um i think everyone's trying to be cautious with what they say and what they tweet i know i have so especially on social media i've tried to just sit back and take like josh said um he's like listening and learning he's in listening and learning mode so um that's what i've been doing myself i don't know about you um for the most part, I can't really say I've been listening and learning. I, for the most part, because of the area that I grew up in, in Buffalo, which at one point was a Polish neighborhood, but then a lot of the Pol- a lot of the older Polish people either passed away or moved or moved out of the area, and it was and it was starting to integrate with the African Americans and and that. Like I was constantly around the situation of like seeing the prejudice towards African-Americans and other people are racist. I, I, I went to a predominantly black high school, like, to be honest, I was, I, I honestly, my high school probably was 65, maybe 75% African-American at 15 to 20% white. And then five to 10% everybody, everybody else. And like you see, you see everything, and what's funny with it is how being a white American and everything, you're like, oh, I can't put myself in those shoes and everything. You're seeing the right, the pri- the protests and everything, but on the flip side of that, you're kind of seeing also people that are whether they're white, black purple or red, you're seeing people that are being peaceful about things, but then you're seeing people being not so peaceful about things. So, yeah, in this day and age, it's gotta, you gotta watch what you say, because God forbid somebody takes screenshots of something, and we, we live, we live in a world where it's cancer, it's a cancel culture. It's, for crying out loud, they're, they're, there's th- there's stories about Paw Patrol being canceled because of of a cop dog of a of a cop dog and and everything. It's just a thing of it's yes, it's listening, learning, and everything. But it's mm-hmm. also being aware of the situation because there were times where if you look at all these protests and everything and you look at the looting it's not just white people who are doing it it's everybody like everybody's doing it so it falls on it falls on the ears of everybody and this is the thing like yes there is racism and everything. Josh Allen knows this. He sees it. So many of the Bills players, so many players through the NFL, they talk about it. And now the NFL itself has realized that they made a mistake four years ago with Colin Kaepernick. And then, of course, you had the whole Drew Brees nonsense. And then it was literally, it was literally like last week over a two or three day period, it was the worst for NFL NFL quarterbacks because you had the you had the the Drew Brees interview with, with Yahoo, and then the very next day 
the text messages from Drake Jake Fromm pop up and you have all this happening and you're trying to stay positive and whatnot. And based on this based on this press conferences Josh Allen held and everything, he's like, Listen, I'm listening, I'm learning. Everybody now is. It's Mm-hmm. It's a thing that everybody is now listening and learning. And while I can say I'm, I'm not listening and learning because I already knew it was there. I had seen it. I had a, I've experienced it at times because, to be honest, three of my closest friends are black. I, I'm like, I grew up with a black breast friend and I saw it in our teenage years when we'd be in certain areas and where... And not to get off topic of Josh Allen, being a teenager, there were there was a time where I walked into a store with three with with my three friends, and all of them being black, and the the guy that owned the store was like, "Oh, you can't be in here." And then I walked in like last, and saw he saw me, and then realized they were with me, and was like, "Oh, you're fine now," because Got it. and everything. And I was like, come on. Like, I, in my head, I was like, really? I was like, really? So Josh Allen kind of being like that, coming from California and then Wyoming and everything, it showed the maturity of Josh Allen. And then if you flip sides of that, where like the light, you see the maturity in life of Josh Allen, you look at the football maturity now because the, the next thing that they talked about was Josh Allen being able to talk and get advice from th- three quarterbacks who have essentially done it all in the NFL. Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Tony Romo. And not, I'm not going to say anything. Like, people said Tony Romo. Really? He talked to Tony Romo? I was like, listen. I was like, listen. Do you actually listen to games that Tony Romo calls on CBS? Do you listen to the insight that that man has? Like, yes, he played NFL quarterback for nine years on a Dallas Cowboys team and everything. But the fact the the fact that he's so relatable to what's happening in the NFL nowadays with with how defenses are being defenses are playing. And of course you got two of the greatest in Manning and Brett Favre. Yeah, that's great. And everything. Dude. You know what? If this season Josh Allen takes a little bit of all three of those quor- three quarterbacks and applies it to his game, the sky's the limit for that man. Imagine, imagine Josh Allen against the Patriots pulling a Peyton Manning and calling audibles at the line of scrimmage because of something he sees in the Patriots defense, or or taking things that he got from Tony Romo be, that Tony Romo sees with the NFL now and and putting and applying them because and this was the big thing is when he talked about it he's like um Peyton Peyton and Brett Favre had a lot of similarities to what's happening now because of the lockout in 2011 and everything and Josh Allen making the statement I've just been trying to apply the best way that I can and based on the videos that were released yesterday on Twitter of Josh Allen throwing the Josh Allen throwing highlights, which everybody, every, every Buffalo Bills fan essentially was like at their computer on Twitter or on their phone going, where it like their their golem in the Lord of the Rings. Where is the precious sisters? Where is the precious? Like that's what it was. Like that's what it was. It was it was essentially it was Buffalo Bills fans just like sitting at their laptops or their phone, like wit, like watching these highlights and just go and 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 drooling or salivating at how well they looked. And, and whatnot. And granted, the receivers weren't being covered and whatnot. And Josh Allen has said that they have been running plays that are going to be run this upcoming year in the offense. But it's the thing of, yo, right now, based on the, pa- the pandemic and everything, Josh Allen is coming into the season 
going to look to improve and get the Bills exactly where the Bills want to be. And that's being in the playoffs, having a home playoff game, and over and getting that nasty ass taste out of their mouth from last out of their mouth from last season with the with the Texans game and Josh Allen even said that he's not over it and I remember seeing like seeing the tweet like him talking about it and you and you just retweeted you're like yep neither am I and everything so it's one of the it's it's one of the things of um, one of the things of when Josh Allen talked about not being over the playoff game and be talking about getting advice from Brett Favre and Peyton Manning and that that what was your take on like that whole situation? Because I know you said you were like, can we like postpone the show tomorrow? Because Josh Allen's doing a press conference and you had other things going on. But I'm sure you were following along. So when Josh Allen said these things, what was your take on it? that just goes to show the leader he's becoming and you know there's a reason why he has a C on his jersey Um, he's he's our captain and I don't know if you caught the 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 snippet where he said he doesn't want to be like captain something oh captain checkdown yeah and it's like I'm not looking to see Trent Edwards on the field, but, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, no, it's, I think it's awesome that he is, um, consulting with this crew of goats with Peyton Manning and Brett Favre and including him, them on, uh, Zoom calls and, and picking their brains. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and the big thing was him, him talking about tweaking like the mechanics and everything. And we all we all know we all know quarterbacks constantly will tweak things and change arm angles or throw or throwing patterns or whatever may be the case. Like they we constantly we constantly see that. But one of the big things is, of course, Josh Allen has been thrown out in California, and of course, he's been down in Miami, and just working on different things. He wouldn't say exactly, he didn't say exactly what, but he was trying to clean and tighten things up, and he talked about, and he said he spoke to Tony Romo about throwing mechanics and just being an overall thrower. And granted, Tony Romo was never the great, the greatest quarterback, but Tony Tony Romo knew how to throw a ball when he had to, and knew and knew how to place and knew where to place the ball when he had to. Um, and what's funny is, of course, Josh Allen just working working on things and whatnot, and the fact that you now have this early kind of camaraderie, so to speak, with the with offensive players from this these sessions in Florida, that when and if the Bills do decide to have a training camp, which will be here in Buffalo at their field house, mm-hmm. that just that's just gonna that's just building that's just building blocks. Because once you get in that training camp, you're and you're got the offense versus defense and you're seeing things that all this time in Miami and California and everything that Josh Allen has spent, you're going to see the the positive beneficial area of that because he's building the he's rebuilding the chemistry with he's rebuilding the chemistry with his players and he even said it himself. He didn't have this last year with Cole Beasley because Cole Beasley was hurt. So like their re- thing, and then of course the talks about Stefan Diggs, which Stefan Diggs is going to be a benefit is going to be a benefit to John Brown and Cole Beasley. Honestly, Stefan Diggs being on that team as being the number one guy, he's going to have a benefit down the line from everybody because defenses are going to have to respect his Stefan Diggs' ability to run to run routes and his ability that he can get open. And there's going to be times where it's Stefan Diggs is get is just getting wide open just for the benefit of somebody else and everything. So 
to be honest, because you can easily see Stefan Diggs run a three, three, five, maybe seven step like slant pattern or or in route or some of some sort, and his ability to run them routes and gets open draws somebody else away. Next thing you know, you got a forty yard pass down the field to John Brown or Dawson Knox or Cole Beasley or something because a safety had to come up or a linebacker had to check over or something. It's the and even the ability that he's going to give the running game because now instead of defenses sitting six, seven, eight guys in the box where you have your cornerback feet outside, you you now got to keep a safety back because of that threat instead of putting that safety up in the box to stop the to stop a run. It's it's a constant just balance of everything that. Josh Allen is the key to this, but he, Stephon Diggs is going is going to benefit everything. And there's been the question of what quarterback would you want to see Josh Allen mimic this season being his third year in the league? And I know there's been a ton of Josh Allen is similar to Miss, Mitchell Trubisky. Josh Allen is nothing like Mr. Trubisky. He's not. He, Josh Allen has the bigger arm. Jo- Josh Allen has a better running ability. And we, we've we talked about it. And they've talked... Honestly, if Josh Allen could put up a season where he's thrown for 25, maybe 30 touchdowns, because you have that Stephon Diggs player now, and he runs for say seven, maybe eight, and he has a, I'm not saying he's going to be an MVP, I'm not saying he's going to be the MVP of the league, I'm not, like, I know there's talk out there that he's a, he's a dark horse MVP candidate for people, but if Josh Allen can have, say, a 80%, 85% um, type season of what Cam Newton did in 2015 when Newton won the MVP. I'll, I'm okay with it. I'll take it. I'll take that. Because the thing is, is yeah, while Cam Newton did have that MVP type season, Cam Newton at the time didn't have the weapons that Josh Allen has. Yeah, Cam Newton had Greg Olson. He had he had the he had the running backs and every like the he had the running backs and stuff. But Josh Allen has a lot more weapons than that Panthers team did. And everything like the thing is, is Josh, yeah, Josh Allen can throw. He's now got a bona fide wide receiver. He's now got a bona fide automatic triple set of wide receivers. You have a you have a one, a two, and a three, and Diggs, Brown, and Beasley, and then you throw in the the trick playability of Isaiah McKenzie. You throw in the you throw in the abilities that you're going to get from the rookie wide receivers that you drafted, and then you throw in the of course the development of Dawson Knox. You throw in the development of Devin Singletary. It's like the Sean Mc. Sean Mc, uh, Sean McBean, as I like, as I, I I call them now, I'm just it's like Sean McBean because it's the best way to do it. McDermott and Bean, they've just literally taken this team and built them into a team that can compete year in and year out. And for Bills fans, after that press conference and all the talk and everything, I love it. And then on top of that. Before we get into our lovely mailbag, Pro Football Focus. Who did? Who fell asleep at the wheel? Who fell asleep at the wheel? Pro Football Focus, because someone fell asleep at the wheel, and they tw- and they decided to be like, for all the Josh Allen hate, they they did a tweet. Most conversions last year on third down with 10-plus yards a gain. Josh Allen, 17. Tom Brady, 16. Russell Wilson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 15. Like, you sent me that tweet. I'm like, where's where's this from? And I see PFF, and I'm like... Look at the source. I'm like, what? 
I was like, who? What? Someone. Yeah, f- but didn't you didn't you send me a pro football focus tweet prior to that? And it was about like a list of quarterbacks. I think and I- it had like Joey Burrow at like twenty six. What was it for? What was the premise? Ah, uh, I think I I gotta find it. They had the six, and was that thirtieth? It was like a ranking of yeah, quarterbacks something, or something. Something like that. Joey yeah. Burrow hasn't even played. Yeah, they had Burrow ranked over Josh. They had Burrow ranked over Josh Allen. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it was. Like they, yeah, they had like they had like the rookie quarterbacks ranked o- ranked over him, like Burrow to uh, Jones. Yeah, and That's Daniel Jones. Yeah, I was just like. Fitz is at 21. I have this in my notes. I don't remember what it... Yeah, I remember the tweet. I can't remember... I can't remember (laughs) exactly the... It was like a ranking of quarterbacks. It was so messed up. I don't know. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, no. Here we we go. I, I found it now. Um... Yeah. It was... Yeah, the Broncos' Drew Locke had made five career starts. He's at 29. Um, Nick Foles was at 27. Burrow uh, Burrow was at 26. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor, 22. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I found the the tweet. I scanned it up now. Yeah. Allen ranked... Uh, pro football, according to PFX metric, he ranked as the 30th best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, that is Drew Locke, Drew Locke, Nick Foles, Joe Burrow, Dwayne Haskins, Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, and Ryan Fitzpatrick were all ranked higher than Josh Allen. And this is according to the pro football focus metric. Those quarterbacks who made the playoffs. Oh, God. Oh, God. This past season. None That's of my point. None of them. Other than Josh Allen. Yeah, outside. Yeah. Drew Locke. No. Oh my God! Like just. Ter- this. This is this. I can't. Yeah, it's like literally, liter- like legitimately cannot even. We need to just have a segment now in the show just to focus on. Oh. Our hate for pro football focus. <laughs> Yo, I'm all about it. I can create. I, I can create something. Bill's mafia would be all over that. I could create. I could create something. I, I I feel like I could create something and just be like, listen, we have a 15 minute segment for all's built. Kind of, kind of in the similar similar uh ranking as like the what WGR does with Weiner Line, where people call in and complain about things. <laughs> It'll yeah. just be like the, it'll be the pro football focus hate line. Like we should do that. Any issue, any issues that you have with pro football focus, call this number. <laughs> Speak your piece. This will be the segment. <laughs> Cause definitely. I to be honest, I I. This and I was I had a conversation before we get to the break. I had a conversation with a friend about Pro Football Focus. And we honestly believe that Pro Football Focus is run by either a New England Patriots fan or a kid that was alive during the night that is similar to me, me and him, where he's like 37, 38, and was alive during the Bills Super Bowl runs. When the Bills, when the Bills either like, and the Bills just destroyed teams, or they they beat teams they shouldn't have beat, or something like that. And I'm like, nah. And I, I told him I was like, I know who run, and he's like, what? Ha- what if it's like what? Are the, what happens if it's like a. A Houston Oilers fan that became a Tennessee Titans fan that just hates the Bills because of the the greatest comeback ever, but 
and also hates the fact that Bills have held on. Bills fans have held on to the fact that Frank Wycheck threw an illegal forward pass in the Music City Miracle for twenty something years, for almost twenty years now. We still hold that. We still hold that thing. Mm-hmm. I, we still, and I'm like, I grudge. And he's and I was like, yo, I think you might be right. I feel like I feel like the people that keep shading the Bills fans and especially Josh Allen are Tennessee Titans fans because us or they're Jacksonville Jaguars fans because of the uh, contest the one year last year or was it the year before where it was like the best fan base or was that the Titans? I think that might have been the Titans. It was like the NFL's best fan base on social media or whatever and yeah. there was the claims that like the team that, I think it was actually the Titans. Yeah, the Titans fans. The tight like the Titans fans bought like bought votes Tweets. to to yeah, to, to beat the, to beat Buffalo because like yeah. I, and everything. So I was just like, yo, I, I, I've I've now got to the point where whoever runs football focus, pro football focus is a Titans fan and just hates the Bills in general and will do neg- everything negative possible with the occasional positive thing to try to act like it's not all negative. But <sighs> pro football focus. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. All right. We are going to take a short break here. We'll be right back with the debut of the Buffalo Bills mailbag. Keep it locked. Across the Bills. Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the Board Sports, unique sports coverage. here across the bills Padgy, stuffy and we have the mailbag because we asked you gave us questions stephanie has answers question number one um so this comes from at cleveland spider johnny kaufman out of the our friends over at across the browns across the lake across the Um, lake yeah, <laughs> Battle of the Eerie. Um, he asks, this is a two-parter, um, do you all think the Week 16 Monday Night Football game in Foxborough at the AFC East? So that's the first question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I hope so, but um, I think right now... The Bills are an ascending team, and New England's a descending team. Um, but we shall see. I don't know. What do you think? I'm not going to say that Week 16 is going to be... I'm not going to say that game is going to be for the AFC East. I, yeah. I think it's going to be a game where the Bills need to win to... Assure one of two, one or two, the one or two seed. That's what I feel. Like the bill, I I truthfully, honestly expect the Bills to have the division wrapped up by week thirteen, week fourteen at week fifteen at the latest. Okay, because yeah. from what I've seen, everybody's predicting the Bills to have eleven to thirteen wins. So. I was like, by week fifteen, I expect the Bills to have the have the division in hand because a lot of people are predicting the Bills to go eleven and five, twelve and four. A lot of people are predicting the Patriots to go eight and eight, nine and seven. 
by the time that week 16 game in Foxborough happens, I I believe the Patriots, I believe the division's going to be wrapped. It's going to be the Bills division, but that game's going to be needed for uh, to be the number one or number two seed because you still have the Titans, you still have the Kansas City Chiefs, you, you still have you still have you still you still have them teams that are there as far as the AFC East and the AFC in general. Now, was the, what was the second part? Um. Uh, okay, so also besides the Baltimore and Cincy game that propelled y'all to the playoffs, what's the last regular season game that was as hyped as the Week 16 Monday Night Football game? Uh, I would personally say the Steelers game last year. Um, when we were flexed on that um, yeah. Sunday night football game, and yeah. it was like the whole yeah play renegade. Yeah, that <laughs> I would say I would argue that, and that's when we got the yeah the playoffs. That so. would and and this was the thing is it wasn't that the Bengals Ravens game was hyped. Bills fans knew Bills fans knew we uh. needed it. But you got to remember, that was an afternoon game. That was a 4 p.m. game. Mm-hmm. The Bills had to, the Bills had to beat Miami at one o'clock in order for that game to even mean anything. So it was, it was, it was a situation where the, the, or was it one o'clock? I can't remember which one. But the Bills had to beat Miami at, and at, 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 to even make that game worth something. So, not saying that that game was hyped up had the Bills had already had the Bills already had the playoff spot locked potentially, but without the needing of or whatever. had that been for like say the 5 seed or even the 4 seed or even like okay, if the Ravens lose, the Bills win, the Bills get the AFC East based on tiebreaker because the Ravens beat the Patriots, but the and whatever, whatever, but whatever, however tiebreakers work and whatnot. Like I can understand that, but at the time of that game, it was kind of like, all right, the Bills beat the Dolphins, cool, they handled their business. Now we have to hope that the Bengals can beat the Ravens. And yes, while the Bengals did beat the Ravens, it was. It somebody somebody somewhere decided stop their suffering. Football gods. The the football gods was like, all right, Bills fans, you have suffered. You, you have suffered long enough. We're throwing you a bone. Um, but yeah, the the I I, I would agree with you. The Bills the Bills Steeler game would be the last the last one that was like hyped up because it was a thing of if the Bills went in into Pittsburgh won that game the Bills were in the playoffs like that was it so yeah and the Bills were having and the Bills were having a hell of a season because you're just coming you're just coming off you're coming off the Thanksgiving Day win against Dallas in Dallas and you're you get flexed to you, the game. The game was supposed to be one o'clock on a Sunday. The game ends up being flexed to Sunday night, which was amazing as it is because it just was like, okay, well, this is an important game. And granted, yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the Pittsburgh Steelers fully healthy because it was the Pittsburgh Steelers and Devlin Hodges of all people versus the Buffalo Bills. Like Doug Hodges, like. It had it been had it been Big Ben at QB, I would have yeah I would have it would have ramped it up more, but the Bills once again kind of got a luck of the draw type situation because of the the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. All right, what's question number two? Oh well, I have. Oh, you have more add-ons. Question or comment? Um, of the four primetime games, I am looking forward to most is the one against the Chiefs. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the one against San San Francisco. Uh, Oh, like. 
Yes, I know everybody's looking for. I'm. I know like most people are looking forward to the ones against the, the one against the Chiefs because it's Patrick Mahomes. They're the Super Bowl champs and everything. But I'm looking uh-huh. for. I'm looking more forward to the San Francisco game because of the simple fact being that yes, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes played like absolute garbage for three quarters. Because of what the San San Francisco 49ers defense was doing to him. If the Bills look at that, if the Bill, if Sean McDermott looks at that, looks at that game, that Super Bowl game, and copies what the 49ers did for the first three quarters of that game, and can implement it in his defense, him and Leslie Flazier, I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I'm looking at the 49ers game because they they ran rough shot over the Chiefs for three quarters. They destroyed the Packers. So for seven quarters of football against two of the top teams in the league, the 49ers dominated them and dominated their defenses. And both of those teams had very good defenses. That's the game I'm looking forward to because that game right there is going to tell you what kind of level the Bills' defense is on. If the Bills if the Bills go into San Francisco and they shut the running game and Jimmy and Jimmy Garofalo down and you end up mm. you end up walking out of that game winning say 20 to 17 or 21 21 17 or what by by less than a touchdown I'm going to go but you kept the you kept them in check I'm going to go okay the Bills defense this team's ready the Bills' defense is elite. They can handle their stuff. But if you go into that game and the Niners just decide to hit the destruction switch and destroy you, you're setting yourself that whole that whole team gets set back because all because all the talk's going to be that week is how the Bills weren't ready for that stage yet. And, and the thing is, is you got to look at it as much as. As much as everybody's looking forward to that Thursday night game against the Chiefs, if the Bills lose, it's going to be one of... If the Bills end up losing a game, it's going to be one of two things. All right, it's going to be the similar reaction to them losing against the Patriots last year in Week 4, where, yeah, they controlled the game, but they still lost. Or you're going to have it where, okay, the Chiefs are an elite team, the Bills aren't there yet. The Bills aren't the Bills aren't to that level yet. If the Bills win, I'm gonna be like, yo, cool. Bills won, they control their own destiny as far as this year. But it's I'm looking at that San Francisco game because it's more important because of because of the the play that San Francisco had over their last two games. Seven of eight quarters, San Francisco played a dominant, perfect style type of football against two uh-huh. very good teams in, in the league. That's that's me. Now, it, I... I know you said you're looking forward to the Kansas City game. Why are you looking forward to the Kansas City game? It could also just be that it's the first of the four and that there's so much hype surrounding it. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, I Um, I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, I have a second question. Okay. From Paul Ryan underscore fifteen. After the Chiefs, are the Bills or Ravens the best team in the AFC? Question mark. Uh, I would have to say the Ravens and the Chiefs are clearly a cut ahead of the Bills. Um, also, one could make the argument with Tennessee. One. That they're a little better, um, but provided uh, we'll have to see with the whole Ryan Tannehill experience this summer or this this season um, in order to decide that. But I think it, uh, it'll the Bills and the Titans neck and neck 
uh, for that third spot. What do you think? I'm going to say that the Chiefs are obviously a clip ahead of the Bills because Super Bowl champions. End of the day, they're the Uh Chiefs. The Ravens are a clip ahead of the Bills more to the fact of they can play defense like nobody else can in the league. The way they play defense is very confusing. It's very hard to plan for. I'm not saying that the Ravens are better than the Bills due to the quarterback play. Yes, Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Yes, he he had a MVP-type season, the most rushing yards and everything. But against the Bills, he was pedestrian. The the Bills had a plan, they executed it, and they, they kept Lamar Jackson quiet for the most part. What hurt the Bills in that game was the Baltimore defense. It was overwhelming. It was hard. And Josh Allen had trouble reading reading it. And that was plain and simple. As far as the Titans go, yes. The Titans kind of bullied their way through the playoffs with, Der- with Derrick Henry. Um... But at the end, the Titans have a the Titans have a good defense. I'm not going to deny that. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. their quarterback is still Ryan Tannehill. And yeah. yes, while Ryan Tannehill had a so to so, so to speak career resurrection once he got named the starter. At the end of the day, it is still Ryan Tannehill. Okay. So it's not like honestly, yes, it's the Chiefs, it's the Ravens. I would put the Bills number three and the Titans like a three A because yeah. there's things that the Titans do that are better than the Bills, but there's things that the Bills do better than the Titans, and I'm looking at the Bills as an overall team for versus the Titans where the Titans is one or two main players. And that's the thing. Even even looking at even looking at the Chiefs, there's things that the Chiefs do that are better than a lot of play. There's Chiefs players that do things better than a lot of players. But it's that team aspect. That team aspect comes down to Patrick Mahomes has the control of that offense. The offense goes as Patrick Mahomes goes. The Baltimore Ravens offense goes as. Lamar Jackson goes. The Buffalo Bills offense will go as Josh Allen goes. If Josh Allen has a year three where he has a similar, like an 80 to 85% put out of that Cam Newton 2015 MVP type season, the bill the Bills are going to be in talks for the AFC Championship, potentially the Super Bowl. Okay? And I know, I, I know... There, the other day there was the magic crystal ball or whatever from from uh, the one guy that predicted that the Bills were going to win the AFC East last season. This year that he predicted they're going to get to the AFC Championship game. <laughs> you know what? I'm with him. I honestly, if the Bills put it together and Josh Allen puts it together, I honestly, heartedly feel that the Bills will make the AFC East Championship game this year. Will they win it? I don't know. We don't know who will be their opponent, but they will make it. Because if you really look at the the way the schedule is set up, if they get that win against the Chiefs, that's going to mean volumes come that last couple of weeks seeding-wise. Also, there there was some random nonsensical uh, fools. I saw something that released a video thing that said that the Bills were going to split with the Jets, the Patriots, and the Dolphins this year. Like, they were, like he, they, they were going to split and end up at 11-5. and five. So, like, three of, the, three of the Bills' losses were the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. They lost to the Niners and Seahawks as well, I think. And it was like 11 and, and 11 and 5 or something like that. It was like 10 and 6. And I'm just like, I saw it, I'm going... You you think the Dolphins are gonna beat the Bills? Like, what drugs are you on? Like, do you think people make those 
predictions for Kalau or just I don't know? Are they are they that ignorant? You know what? I, I've start I've started to think that unless you're actually in the like in the position as far as like working on ESPN or NFL Network or whatever, like and you make a video where you're doing predictions, like you're just doing it for the clout and the and the reactions of people. Because like I saw it and I'm just like I was like, we... And, and what's funny is, it was the weeks that he had picked that the Bills were going to lose. Like, he essentially... <laughs> it was essentially the Bills were losing the first week one against the Jets and week... And week th- and week two against Miami. Like, they were starting 0-2. Like, they were starting 0-2. And I'm just going... My brain hurts. My brain hurts because, because uh, truth be honest, like there's a there's a very small part of my brain in the back of my head that is afraid that things are going to go terribly wrong and the bills are going to start owing too. Not yeah. saying they're going to, but there's like major trust issues. Like my brain, like my brain has been, like. It has been... Conditioned. Conditioned. Yes. I couldn't think of the word. Like, my brain has been conditioned with the bills not to get, like, overzealous about things. And I... We've been let down. I feel... I feel like it's it's just that little bit. That's, like, the bit that is, like, there just for the (laughs) hypothetical preparation that the bills start 0-2 because... Oh my God! If the Bills actually start zero and two, people people are losing their losing everything. Like they're they're oh my God! Like I don't even want to think Bill's about Twitter it. Twitter would be a disaster. Oh my God! Bill's Twitter dumpster fire. Like everything, it, it would be it would be a terrible situation. It would be a terrible situation. <laughs> at, at, yeah, it would just be a terrible situation. So. But thank you for those who submitted questions. Much uh, respect. Hopefully, we answered them sufficient, sufficiently. But <laughs> that's going to do it for us here at Across the Bills. For Steffi, I'm Pat G. This has been Across the Bills, brought to you by Across the Board Sports. Check them out on Twitter and along with all the other content Across the Board Sports has. And we will see you on the flip side.